this is Margaret Coleman Frankowitz with another episode of Diabetic Survival. Okay, so it has been a little bit of time, maybe a month or two, since I've actually recorded my last episode. I actually was gearing up for work, and so I've been busy with work, you know, stuff like that. You know, just doing the whole, you know, working thing. Anyways, um... I have been reevaluating my situation and the situation in the government. Yes, it has been quite interesting, actually. I was actually reading a uh, speech actually given by Biden and President Biden. I've been somewhat hypercritical and so uh, about the Biden administration and I I need to actually do a formal apology about that because sometimes what you hear in the news is different than what's actually going on. So I went straight to the source because that's the only way that you can actually get accurate information anymore. So I just went straight to the White House. I know, crazy, right? But I went to the source to see what he was actually saying about certain things. And in his speech, he actually mentioned diabetics and... Of course, my, you know, my attention was drawn to it immediately. I had to read this speech of his because, of course, I I like everything diabetic and finding out new information, new innovative information, and mm, gotta tell you, this is gonna be an interesting topic because um, I have been super hypercritical about the political situation, so my apologies on that. Um, I'm trying to be one of those uh, unbiased people, and yet I find myself going more towards the bias because certain things happen. Well, anyways, I'm going to rein myself back in. So, as a former Democrat, um, I'll just say I, I prefer everybody to have an equal opportunity to things that they need. Of course, those who work harder are going to get more. It's just common sense. Things should never be handed to anybody on a silver platter. That's just common sense to me, too. Now, we don't always follow common sense, but, you know, this is my type of common sense. You work super hard. You know, you deserve that little extra something-something, right? You don't? Well, you don't get that extra something-something. That's just the way it goes. So, anyways... Um, but there are some basics in life. Um, Maslow's pyramid is something that I've actually talked about before. I mean, or I'm going to give you a good firm foundation here. Look up Maslow's pyramid. You have your basic needs, stuff that everyone needs for survival. We never change from the time we're infants to the time we're adults. We're still going to need those basic needs like food, shelter, water, basic needs. It gets a little bit more complicated when people need medication. So some people are born needing medications. Some people, they get them when they're older because they're fortunate enough to not need them until they get older. So this is where Biden's speech actually comes into play, which I absolutely, I'm like, okay, what's going on with all this? This transport issues, uh, gas issues, I mean... Obviously, everybody has felt the price of the pumps. It's $4.99 a gallon here in West Virginia. And most of us are in the middle of sticker shock. I spent 
probably about $600 alone on gas last month, which meant I didn't eat. Um, well, I barely ate because I couldn't afford food. <laughs> so that's another story for another day. But, you know, when you're supplementing people's rides with your, with your food resources, you're already supplementing them with your, you know, your extra income or whatnot. But now you get to start complaining because, you know, it's like, hey, I put $600 a month into my car just so I can transport people around. Yes, I have enough to actually make my car payment, my insurance, and my rent, but what is left for me? There's nothing left at the end of the day for me. Some people would say, well, just change jobs. The problem is that the jobs around here don't pay. And so, you know, <laughs> the multiple streams of income thing is kind of more like a gimmick than anything else. You sell on eBay, you might make $10 every two months. Some say, well, you might be doing it wrong. Well, I, I don't have time to plug away, you know, 20 to 40 hours a week just trying to get sales on eBay, you know, just to make $10. I got to do the work thing, okay? So that's what I do. I work. Okay, so anyways, back to the speech of what Biden actually said that has to do with diabetics. I'm beating around the bush here. But, um... He actually addressed the cost of insulin. Now, of course, I don't take insulin. Um, I might have to one day. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I might have to one day. I mean, I am a diabetic, after all. Um, or there's a case where the worst case scenario, I might be a metformin for the rest of my life. Metformin? Very inexpensive. So, metformin, we're talking less than 10 bucks, right? As compared to insulin, which could be as much as my gas bill, if not more, um, according to what Biden was actually saying in his address to the nation. So I, I cannot even fathom, I cannot even comprehend. I would love to talk to a diabetic and have them online. So if you, if you guys want to, um, somebody wants to talk to me about the whole insulin problem that you're having, please, let's talk about it because we need to find ways to uh, fix this. We need to fix this. This is a problem that needs to be fixed. Nobody should have to spend six or, you know, take on an additional job, like uh, do something they don't want to do just so they can afford their insulin. This is ridiculous. Um, $600, that's a lot of money. I mean, obviously if you're rich, you don't have to worry about that, but I'm talking about the majority of the population who's not rich. 600 freaking dollars? Are you kidding me? I mean, I feel my own pain to the gas pump, let alone with insulin. This is extraordinarily challenging. But, okay, so this is a reason to actually listen to Biden. Is because, especially if you're diabetic and you're on insulin, because he, he is actually talking about making the drugs more affordable. Um, you know, maybe 30 bucks, uh, maybe 40. This, and he said that the cost of actually making insulin is only $10. So yeah, blew me away too. I could just imagine where some people are getting their insulin and maybe they're going to Canada to get it. Maybe they're going to Mexico to get it, you know, because it's a life-saving drug or whatnot. Um, I would hope that, uh, you know, that when I talk about keto, that's helping some people too. Um, actually, uh, check with Dr. Bernstein on that one, or doctors like him, or Sarah Hallberg, Dr. Sarah Hallberg out of San Francisco. But, um, 
I would definitely be seeking, you know, the specialists who can either get you off insulin and metformin altogether or finding a solution to the high cost of insulin anyways. Um, I think my lucky star is that I'm fortunate enough not to have to be on insulin, that I actually have a dietary lifestyle where I can actually change my diet to actually bring my sugar numbers down because I am a type 2 diabetic and that my pancreas is just sort of working. It's not as bad as a full-blown diabetic, but at any time my pancreas can just shut down. Um, and this can happen relatively fast because I've read articles where, you know, people who are completely, they assume, they assume they were completely healthy, all of a sudden they had to end up changing their diet for whatever reason, you know, worked lifestyle changes. And within as little as three months, they went from being normal to being full-blown diabetic, having to inject insulin. Yes, it can happen as quickly as three months to a normal individual. So knowing that, that's why it's important to, uh, like if you're on a plan, to make sure that you stay on that plan and you don't fall off the wagon uh, for too long because you could end up in that same scenario. I mean, you know, us diabetics, we have a lot of we have a lot of things that we have to be concerned with, and um, another one which has nothing to do medically wise, has nothing to do with your health, is, is our relationships that we go through. And um, just on a regular basis, I have not found, I mean, most people, when, when you start talking about diabetes, they start freaking out like you're unhealthy and they start giving you the X, like stay away from me because you might be catchy. So even though they know that they can't catch diabetes themselves, like, it's not, it's not that kind of contagion. People treat it that way, or they treat you like uh, some type of red-headed stepchild, I guess, if you're lucky enough and fortunate enough to have them in the same house. <laughs> you know? So, I, I mean, I, I... No disrespect to people, but people suck. Because people start looking at you like you're a problem, and it's not really a problem. So they see it as a problem, it's not. And that's their problem, not yours. But really fast, I'm, I'll get into that in a minute, but I wanted to address what I was actually reading um, at the White House, his, his address that I was reading. So Biden, he's well aware, I mean, at least he's aware of what's going on in the economy, such as high gas prices and uh, the trouble with, uh, for instance, um, the ships have been docked, you know, that that happened before COVID because, of course, they had to screen everything, make sure they weren't bringing contagions in. But um, I thought it was kind of weird because what what uh, was going on with the whole shipping process, you know, products from China, etc., I thought that was a tariff that the United States was charging. I could have sworn that it was slapped on by uh, the Trump administration. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong about that. But... Um, and nothing against Trump either. I'm sure Trump had his reasons why he did certain things, certain measures. But, um, so, so one thing in the address of the White House, I mean, Biden was not blaming the last president. He was blaming China directly itself 
for the thousand percent markup from um, China and somewhere else. I, I remember China. I don't remember the other country, but there were actual ships coming in and they were charging too much. But I think it has to do with the tariffs. So I'm not quite sure where to point the fingers here. The tariffs that they're bringing in or to China. Kind of a weird there. But the reason why this affects everything is because, of course, really when it comes to the transportation system, everything ties together. So depending on where they actually get their products from and stuff. Regardless, we're feeling the pains at the grocery pump. We're feeling the pains in the grocery stores. I don't know how many of you have stopped eating because you now have to put your extra money that you would have spent on groceries in your gas tank, but I'm one of those people where I now cannot afford certain groceries. So, because now, you know, now with the markup of food, I have to actually take everything, every last cent that I have actually make sure I have enough gas so that I can actually drive around, pick people up. And um, I'm basically supplementing people so that they can keep their jobs. So, the irony, right? Makes you wonder why you're working in the first place. I, I don't know if maybe that's what they're getting at, but I don't know. So, in um, some information that I was also reading, this is... Um, outside of the White House letter that I was reading. It's, it's really interesting read. You should read it yourself. Um, President of China, or Emperor of China, however you want to call him, was actually warning Biden of uh, our democracy becoming an autocracy, which is uh, basically where they don't vote anymore on, on things. He was warning them, and Biden's just like, no, no, it's not going to become that. I guess it still could become that, and uh, I don't see much difference in, in an autocracy any more different than, uh, for instance, a totalitarianism rule. So I was looking up the different definitions because I wanted to make sure I was correct on this because I'm like, okay, I think I know what this is, and totalitarian rule, right? So I want to make sure I understand this correctly. This is basically where Biden is totally... I mean, they do it with executive orders all the time where, you know, they say what goes on and nobody can really stop it or quash it, you know, type things. Uh, so, you know, they have, like, executive orders where they go above everybody's head and say, well, this is going to happen regardless. That's the executive order. Allegedly, that can still be thrown out by Congress, but if Congress is your party... More than likely, they're not going to. So, you know, there's that. I'm still wondering why, though, because mostly I hear Republicans out there. This is where it gets really kind of twisted. I hear a lot of Republicans out there screaming uh, about gas prices and stuff, yet in the House of Representatives, they're not allowing gas bills to go down. Now, I don't know exactly what happened with all of that. Maybe there was, was some extra fluff in there that they didn't like. Because, you know, it's like basically how it is in Congress that I've noticed is like, we're going to demand that they no longer raise gas prices. As a matter of fact, they have to start lowering it so the American people can, can, can feed themselves. So we're going to lower it down to $2.50. So they cannot go above this barrier. But in addition to that, we're going to allow abortion. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> so then Republicans look at that and they're like, oh no, this bill can't pass. But then the Republicans look like the bad guys because they did pass a bill, but it was actually because of the abortion issue that they tried to slide in between it. So, 
I don't know, I wasn't there. No, I was not a fly on the wall, so I didn't know exactly what happened. And of course, you know, people kind of can screw the news to their own interests, their own wiles. So I don't know what happened there. I'll, okay, I'm, I'm not like the whole political nut. You know, I don't have everything to a T. I, I can really only go off of what the news says. And the news is very slanted depending on the Republic, uh, rep reporting agencies take on it but I'm reading okay so I'm reading over Biden's objective order and I'm like thinking because before like just by listening to the news you'd think that he was like this monster or something but actually reading the White House statement I'm like wait a minute he's he's trying to help people out here um, he's very basic with it he's like he's addressing the issues though he's addressing the high cost of insulin for one right He's also addressing high gas prices. He's addressing high food prices, in a way. Uh, transportation issues, which is causing the high gas or high food prices, and tax on the social security. So he's actually hit the bullet points on all issues that Americans are concerned with. Now, if this actually changes or not, is up to the the parties in Congress who actually start making the bills, but. Why are Republicans blocking this at this point? Why are they blocking the fact that that it appears that the gas companies, and I say the word appear because I don't know for a fact. I mean, if I had the facts, I'd be able to give them to you a little bit clearer. But why are they blocking the fact that um, gas prices can continue to climb? Why aren't they saying, why aren't they putting a stop to it? And it might be with other parties actually putting in there to to prevent that from happening. So, of course, there's a lot of side talk and there's a lot of times people say things that they don't really mean. Like they may say they're concerned about the price of insulin, yet nothing ever changes. I mean, how long have we been talking about this, people? We've been talking about the high prices of insulin for decades. It's been going on for decades and nobody's ever changed it because it's such a moneymaker for them. And where's this money? I mean, you gotta follow the money trail. Whoever's making the money, they're not gonna, they're not gonna put a stop to the high prices of insulin. Why would they do that? They're making money off of you. You know, I was pleased as punch when a friend of mine actually told me about how popular keto is right now. Keto is famously popular, and the, the one of the reasons being is because. A doctor can't put a prescription on it, though they do try. As a matter of fact, I ended up getting a call today from my healthcare provider, or from somebody who, who claims to be like an affiliate of my healthcare provider, to put me on nutrition assistance. Now, obviously, they don't know that I have a podcast on diabetes. So I'm like living the dream here. I've already talked to, like, for instance, Sarah Hallberg. Not, not directly, but through her assistant. Okay, let me clarify that. Um, in their nutritional program. I already have the key concepts already down pat. What you need to do to actually bring down your numbers with keto. So it's kind of nice to see uh, the medical community actually embracing it. And it can actually help a lot of people. So I'm really glad that it's going out there for people on Medicare, Medicaid, and certain health programs to actually um, help people out there. So 
obviously if if that's something you need just know that those programs are out there to help you out i'm really glad i feel very fortunate that i live in today's times where they're actually doing that for people because um the keto diet itself can be very confusing for some people and i'm learning new things all the time so that's one of the reasons why i have a podcast so if i learn something new of course i let my audience know about it and of course it gets a little bit more complex if you're listening to people like thomas delore thomas delore is not necessarily doing it as a diabetes means he's doing it more as a fitness means but keto has has uh has is raging in popularity amongst those who want to lose a little bit of weight those who are diabetic and the fact that it started out as like a, a seizure diet or whatnot i mean there's just a lot of people raving about how 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 wholesome this diet is and how much better they feel when they're on it so this is why i'm actually if you start looking at it people say how screwed up the government is and what a disaster it is but at the same time it's really not so they're trying to do things in the, the betterment of people's health which needs to happen now i have had some absolutely remarkable wonderful uh, conversations with people in my community who are totally on board totally understand everything that i'm talking about and when we're actually talking about these issues and talking about certain doctors who um have these same ideals in mind we're, we're of like a, a kind of like a like mind and conscious with it we know what's going on we're alert to it our eyes are open to it and it's so remarkable to know it's so remarkably fascinating to know that other people are on the same page as well so it's just a matter of opening your eyes to it and actually seeing that oh my gosh there is a way I can actually control this this is great you know I don't have to worry about losing a limb hopefully or uh, ending up on something such as insulin uh, to save my life, I might be able to do this with diet. I may not even have to take metformin if I catch it early enough. Yes. Yes. Capturing it early enough. That's key. To actually fighting it. Living a long, healthy life. So, um... I, I do actually want to thank the people who thought I was, like, in my early 30s. Because <laughs> I'm not. Um, you should see the looks on some people's face when they find out I'm actually 50. Yes. I am actually 50. They're like, no, you're not. Yes, I am. I am. And my many thanks to the many, many cashiers who card me on a regular basis. <laughs> okay. So anyways, enough said there. So this is a short podcast. I just wanted to get something out there. I just wanted to alert people to some of the changes that are going on out there. To my staunch Republican friends, God bless you. I mean, you know, right to life, freedom to own a gun, constitutional believers, you're amazing. Uh, Democrats, same thing. You're, you're all about social change and taking care of everyone. I hope that you see the key qualities that each of you have, Democrats and Republicans, and why together we stand strong and divided, we're gonna fall apart. So, we really do need each other to balance each other out in this amazing country of, well, it seems like it's chaos right now, but 
you know, we're just working out the kinks. So hopefully we don't become like China and become a bunch of communists or something of that nature. Or an autocracy where it's just the president giving the orders and not anybody else. I think it was kind of nice for the Chinese uh, president to actually say something to Biden, though, to get, you know, get him to think a little bit. Because um, I think that when he called it an atrocity, uh, atrocity, well, you know what I mean. When he called it what he did, read the White House briefing, you know what I'm talking about. When he called it that name, basically what he was telling Biden is, hey, let your democracy work the way it's supposed to. You know, it's just like your Congress, you know, we get upset like when the Congress is ruled by a bunch of Democrats or ruled by a bunch of Republicans because we know how the next four years is going to go, possibly eight years. But it's always good to have, um, you know, like the Senate House as Democrats or Republic, you know, the, the Congress that, you know, Republicans are Democrats, you know, because that way um, we have, uh, we can fully actually embrace not only change, but um, we can have a system that moves forward for the best interests of the people. And that's what it's all about. I mean, yes, we do want to work hard. We do like our capitalism, right, Republicans? We do like going out there making our money and not having <laughs> to give it all away to the government because we have to, you know, feed our families and buy our things and have something safe for retirement. But also to the Democrats who, a lot of young people start out as Democrats because they don't really have anything. So they know what it's like to have nothing because they're in the middle of it. And they're just like, hey, it would be kind of nice to actually not have to sleep on the streets and actually have a roof over our heads. Okay, hold on. Hold on a minute. Let me address that issue, because I don't know what I'm going to be doing in another podcast, okay? So, um, because I'm going to be out there and I need to actually, you know, make the money so I can supplement everybody's ability to go to work. Because <laughs> I get them to and from work all the time, right? Um, which I'm okay with. You know, i got to do my part too. <laughs> Even if it's a little bit over the board, overboard. Um, but this is... I need to address something really quick, okay? Because this is really alarming. And, of course, I live on the, on the East Coast now, not the West Coast. And, of course, the East Coast has their problems, too. But I'm going to let you know that the East Coast, they treat things a little bit differently than the West Coast does. Um, I, I found people are a little bit more conscientious on the East Coast. And so I love talking to people on the East Coast because they understand and they get it. It's almost like I've actually been indoctrined with the East Coast, not vice versa. Okay, So the good people here on the East Coast are telling me how it is. right? So I'm looking around my city, for instance, in West Virginia, and the area where I live at has been hit hard with, for instance, and a lot of cities have been, have been hit hard with drug abuse. And this is something that is absolutely detrimental to the cities in which uh, people fall into these traps. But one of the things that I have seen that uh, that I really do like about it is the fact that 
they're trying to also do the best they can to repair and to fix the um, what is actually done to the communities. You don't see a lot of that going on in Phoenix because Phoenix is so eclectic. It doesn't have that uh, community feel to it. Um, one of the, the benefits that you actually have with smaller towns is you have more of a community feel. So everything that happens within a community actually impacts the community. Whereas if it happens in a city, you're just a number. But if it happens in a community, in a smaller community, well that is significant. The reason being is because somebody probably has indirectly or directly uh, known that victim. That the person, like for instance, if they've died from suicide because of former drug addictions or just because of depression or something of that nature. So they know that individual or that person has become homeless. They've lost everything because something detrimental happened. And so the, this, the, um, the community reacts to it a different way. And they, they treat outsiders a little bit differently too than a lot of cities do. Like cities, uh, um, like for instance, Los Angeles, I mean, you have people just homeless people all over the place and you've become desensitized to it. You, they aren't a human being to you anymore. But these people are very real. They are your former neighbors. They're your former friends. They're your former lovers. They're your former brothers. You're, they're your, for, your former sisters, family members, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, etc. These are still human beings. But for whatever reason, they've been cast aside and they're no longer treated like that, with or without due cause. I could address the prison system the same way. People have been thrown away. They are not contacted by family. They're not contacted by friends. They're not reached out to by their pastors. I mean, I'm not saying everybody doesn't reach out to you. You know, somebody who they knew at one point in time. Some people try and that person turns away from them and they don't want anything to do with them. That happens too. And it doesn't mean that uh, just because you do good deeds such as contact somebody that they're going to be receptive of it. That happens too. There has been many good deed that has been turned away for one reason or another. But um, in the sense of community where you're in a smaller community, it's probably best to um, reach out to those people. Now, one of the things that I see that is slowly taking over popularity, I gotta mention this because this is so cool, but um, I saw something where somebody was trying to create kind of like a village type community feel to their little town. And uh, it was, uh, I think it was kind of like a senior center. I couldn't even tell you where it was at, but it was so cute because they had one village and it was so successful that they actually uh, made kind of like a bridge to the, com the sister community across the street. And uh, I mean, not like a literal bridge or anything. It's like an invisible bridge, but it kind of had one entranceway. Then you had the road. And then if you cross the road, it actually uh, developed into another entranceway into another village. <laughs> so of, of like-minded people, you know, people who are, you know, for instance, uh, they, this, they're just trying to live life and, you know, they're, they're just doing the best they can. <laughs> it's just kind of cool to see them all come together. Now, the reason why I see these, these villages or these communities as being important and kind of like a forefront 
is because this is where we're going to get our sense of community from. Um, and of course, this may not even make sense to somebody who lives up on the hill. You have your, your million, million dollar mansion or something of that nature. This isn't going to apply to you. This isn't going to make much sense to you because, you know, you have your creature comfort zone, you need your, your sonny, your personal pool assistant or whatnot. You know, this is this is not talking about you and your limo service or anything like this. I'm talking about uh, common people. As common people, we don't have a lot of the same services that the, the rich actually comfort their lives with. It makes their lives a lot easier. I'm not saying that they don't work harder to get their money. They do. They're smarter, work harder, or they're just lucky. Okay? out of those boats. Not everybody comes from that. Some people, they come from unlucky, unlucky, unlucky. Not due to any anything they've done. They could have been an orphan at birth and had nothing. And they're not like uh, Dave Thompson from Wendy's over here, who you know started out as um, an adoptee and then worked his way all the way into having a, a burger franchise. Okay? So I'm not talking about that either. Um, you know, he, he obviously worked his smarts on that and hard work and smart and being a little bit lucky and he made it or Elon Musk who who came from Africa and had a doctor for a mother you know so um, not everybody is cut from the same mold or comes from the same clicks by any means of success and sometimes the rules been in favor of the elite as, as opposed to uh, the working common class so it's not like Joe Blow over here who had had a single mom her his mother worked all day in a fish factory and barely saw Joe when he was growing up had much of a, cho a choice or a chance because he didn't have anybody to actually raise him so he's as, as orphaned as the orphans are in the orphanage he just has a single parent actually supporting his his needs but these villages are not only cute but they're they're absolutely necessary especially for an aging population one thing I've noticed, it doesn't matter how hard I work, it seems like there's always something taking it out, uh, such as inflation. Now, I, I, I can't do more than 40, 50 hours a week. I'm already stressing as it is. I'm here thinking, you know, I'm, I'm good at, with about 20 hours a week. 20 hours a week, and I can still come home, clean my house, etc. I'm a single person. Single people just, you know, we do the best we can with what we have. Single people have a hard time actually saving for retirement. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. There are some single people out there that can work two, three jobs. Great, amazing. So proud of you. I can't do it though. So um, they found ways to actually make money on the side. I'm so glad you're that smart. Yay, you. I'm not. Unfortunately, when I try to do anything, I get taken advantage of, and this happens a lot. So um, this happens to ordinary people too, where they think they're getting ahead and there's somebody out there out to screw them. So um, not everybody is fortunate enough to know what's legit and what's not legit because there's so many things that are just out to scam you, unfortunately. If you've been on the internet and you've ever signed up for uh, win this prize, then you would know that that's true. Okay, so anyways, with these communities, I really hope to see these special villages or communities actually thriving one day, but basically it's just where a group of people, you know, they buy tiny homes together and they help support the community 
and they help to make each other's dreams come true. It's awesome. So for the rest of us, um, I hope that we can see this across this nation. And our goal, every single one of us out there who have any type of heart whatsoever, need to make sure that these people, and there are people out there that do it, by the way, that we need to make sure that these people have what they need so that they can at least exist and not have to uh, be subjected to other people taking advantage of them. This does happen all the time to the less fortunate. We need to be the change that they need. If we don't do it, who else is going to do it? You're not going to see your... I mean, your government can only do so much. Um, you know, People who are on the streets, they don't even have an address. So how, how is the government going to subsidize their needs if they don't even have a bank account? They don't even have a home address. If they don't even have shelter to actually live out of. I mean, there's people in these situations that are there not by choice um, and it doesn't matter how smart you are you know you can still have misfortunes you can have somebody do horrible things to you and the next thing you know you're on the streets I've had that happen um, and then you have to actually accept the help from from strangers people who can actually pull you back up so we need to be the helping hands that those people need if the only thing you can do is give a give some water to some, a stranger that's standing on the side of the road with a sign that says please help give that poor girl that poor guy a bottle of water keep extra bottled water in your car for them you know do something as simple as that not only are you helping that person out but you know what you're gonna feel better about yourself too and and I'm already proud of you because I know you're going to do that. We're probably going to do more than that because you're amazing, right? Okay, well, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and go do my thing that I normally do. I want to thank you very much for listening. Uh, comments are always welcome. I have two pages on uh, Facebook, by the way. It's Diabetes Aware and Diabetes and Exercise. Occasionally, I post interesting content on there. Um, I may have posted something. I also have another page called Helping Humanity. The Helping Humanity is basically when I get articles that um, focus on what's going on with the homeless, I try to post it up there. And I've, I've seen them in some very horrible conditions. Um, people being mean and then also people trying to help them out. So, um, of course, we, we don't want to, like... <laughs> replicate the mean stuff but there are people that do some pretty horrid things to homeless people and it's just not tolerable you gotta start thinking of those people as your family members that you actually like you know you don't want family members that you actually like in those predicaments and of course they come from all kinds of backgrounds so we can't judge on that either um, and of course I'm coming from a Christian background so just where you know kind of like the Good Samaritan you know, if, if you can help somebody out, do it. Um, and if that's the case, if you're a Christian, God bless you. I know you're doing your part. Anyways, that's all for now. This has been Margaret Coleman Frequence. I hope that you have a wonderful day. And remember, be kind to each other. Mm -hmm.